Thank you. Thank you, John. Amazing uh, marathon of worship, one song after another, remembering indeed uh, our Lord Jesus and his sacrifice. How amazing is that? How amazing was his life? How amazing is his love for us this morning? And I'm sure he has something for each and every one of us today, and also for those who will be listening online. Shall we start with a prayer? Father God, as we remembered earlier, all those heroes who gave their lives for us to have freedom today, for us to be able to gather here freely in your name, we just want to thank you for them and for their families. And also help us today to remember what you have done for us as well, that you also gave your life for many as a ransom. And help us as we approach uh, this message this morning, to open our hearts, to open our minds, to leave aside all that bothered us for the last week, all the struggles and all the things that uh, may keep our mind away from you and from your glory, and help us to open our hearts and minds and to receive your blessings and your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. As we heard, unfortunately, Jackie couldn't make it uh, this morning. We're praying for her strength and for her healing as well. Um, And I thought we can carry on from last Sunday's message where we discussed the Passover and we saw Jesus in all those events and all that happened there pointed towards the Lamb of God. And uh, this morning, we're going to look at another story in Genesis as well. And it's amazing how we can make those parallels between the old texts pointing towards what was to come, towards our Savior, our Lord Jesus. And it's so encouraging to see how the Bible all fits together, talking all the time, pointing towards the one who will be sent for us from God. And we're going to look at Abraham's and Isaac's story. Abraham and Isaac's story, and uh, we have a volunteer this morning. Thank you, Lucy, for volunteering to read the passage for us from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, 
God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Thank you very much, Lucy. Wow, what an amazing story for us this morning. And I'm sure this story will raise some questions. One of them being, how could God really ask for a human sacrifice, we may ask. Is this the God we believe in? Is this the God we'll follow? And the answer is no, not at all. In oppositions with other gods at that time, the true God, Elohim, has never asked for human sacrifices, as it was happening at that time, we know from the scripture. He who created us, God, has always been pro-life. And that was the mission of our Lord Jesus. He came, the Bible says, so that we may have life and have it to the fullest. Amen. So let's remember that. This story talks about faith, about trust in our loving God. And for once, we feel a bit better as humans. This is one of the greatest stories in the scripture after Adam and Eve fall out of um, obedience to their God. This is a story that makes us proud of being humans in a way because Abraham stood the test of his faith and he represented us in this story. So this is one of the most beautiful stories in Genesis about trusting, love, God showing his love for us. And also, this story Help us to reflect this morning, where are we in our journey with God? And don't want to make us feel bad about, oh, I could never have this faith as Abraham. I could never have this desire to worship God and follow him like Abraham. I don't want to make us feel bad this morning. But I do want us to become more interested, to become more, to increase our appetite in our faith in following our Lord Jesus Christ and see where he is leading us and reflect where we are. How much do we really trust our loving God the Father? And looking at this text and making a parallel with our Lord Jesus, we can see this is a prophecy about what was to come, about our Lord Jesus, that one day he will accomplish what Isaac was asked to do, but he was replaced by a ram, another lamb, a young, um, young male sheep. So if we look at the parallels between Isaac and our Lord Jesus on the first slide, we will understand they were both promised sons. 
When God promised to Abraham that your offsprings will be like stars in the sky and like grains of sand, you will um, be my people, God promised Abraham. And then, when finally Isaac came, God asked Abraham, bring your son as a sacrifice to me. What kind of God is that? Abraham may have thought. But he will understand that God will never want bad things for him. And God never wants bad things for you. As in Jeremiah, it said in verse, uh, chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But you see, there is a mystery in our journey with God, a mystery that we will never fully understand while on this earth. That mystery is called faith, having faith in him and his word, in his promises. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's the story for us. And Jesus was also the promised son, but he was promised not as a late child in the family, as we remember. He was promised for the sins of the world. He was promised as a ransom for many, many being us. And also, if we reflect on the story, both names of Isaac and Jesus were given by God. God instructed Abraham to name his son Isaac. And also Mary and, um, and Joseph got the instructions from the angel in Luke chapter 131. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. So we see the similarities here. Isaac pointing to Jesus. Both children were miraculously, miraculously conceived. As we remember, Jesus came from Virgin Mary through from the Virgin Mary through the Holy Spirit. We can look at this parallel. So Sarah also received Isaac as a miracle. She was 90 years old. Yeah, a young old lady, we can say, for Sarah. <laughs> she received Isaac at that age miraculously, while Mary received Jesus miraculously as well. The next point we can think of, they were both beloved sons, which we'll see in the next slide. In verse 2, in chapter 22 in Genesis that Lucy read, God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Do you know this is the first time in the scripture where the word love can be found? And it is to describe the love of a father for his son. In the New Testament as well, the first word of love, it's between God the Father and the Lord Jesus, when Jesus got baptized. When from heaven he said, this is my beloved son, in whom, with him I am well pleased. You see the parallel there? They're both beloved sons. Imagine after seeing Isaac growing in their house, running around, playing, attached to him. A, a love, unconditional love, we can say. And then God says, now bring him to me. And how is that possible? We read in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17, 18, talking about this story. It says in there, by faith, Abraham, 
when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a matter of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Wow. We see the secret, secret there. Abraham believed that even if we will bring Isaac as a sacrifice, the Lord, the God of life, will bring him back. Wow. What a faith we see there. What a faith we see there. Abraham loved his son, but he was willing to give him up because of his love for God. On the other hand, God so loved the world that he was willing, and he did, gave his son for us. You see the contrast. Abraham loved God, was willing to give his son for that. But God loved us. In John, we read chapter 3, verse 16. So much he loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only son. And this time, there was no ram. There was no lamb. It was his son, the second person of uh, our God, of our divinity. What an amazing story. We also see both sons were to be offered as a sacrifice. Both sons carried the wood. As we can see in the next slide, it's a, a very interesting comparison. Abraham's, we read in verse 6, took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. In John chapter 19, verse 17, we see here, carrying his own cross, Jesus, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. They both carried the wood on their back, and Jesus did it for us. The sacrifice was to take place up on a mountain, and some scholars are saying this may be the same mountain or in the same area where Jesus was sacrificed. Other parallel is that two people witnessed Isaac's journey. As we read Abraham to two servants with them, Jesus died between two other people. One on the left, one on the right. And it's interesting that Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 says, For what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And again, we ask what scriptures they had at that time. They had the Old Testament. So we see that the Old Testament points towards the one who will come, the Son of God for us. Both followed obediently their fathers, Isaac and our Lord Jesus. You know, if we think of the age of Abraham, he was a hundred and so years old. Isaac could easily fight with Abraham and say, I'm going to run from this place. He could have just given him a push. Isaac, but he didn't. He was obedient to his father. Trusting his father. Who else trusts his father? As we know very well, our Lord Jesus in the Gethsemane where he was fighting with everything that was to come upon him. The death, the beating, the, the suffering. And more than the physical suffering, he was to suffer taking upon himself who was sinless. All our sins on himself. 
And he prayed there, and Jesus fell on the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, do not give me this cup of suffering, but do what you want, not what I want. Jesus was obedient to his Father. He trusted God and his plan. That's another amazing story. Jesus willingly went to die for us. And the ram in the story of Isaac also points towards Jesus, as we remember last time. When John saw Jesus, he declared, Look, the Lamb of God who takes our sins away. In Isaac's case, there was a ram as a replacement. And you see, sometimes we think of these events when God answers in our needs as coincidences, right? In that unique moment, God provided for Abraham a ram. It wasn't like something from heaven, an angel appearing with a ram. It was a simple fact of life. A ram got stuck in that bush, and it was sufficient to save Isaac. How amazing is this to see God's working through that through that story. The Lamb of God who will save us was to come, and this time there was no ram, there was no lamb. He himself will be put on the cross for us. That is the greater exchange we will ever learn. Jesus, the Son of God, dying in exchange for us. We will never find anywhere else such a love, such an exchange. And this was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. He will be led like a lamb to the slaughter. He will be led like a lamb to the slaughter. No arguing. No asking. No, I'm not going to do this. Same as Isaac. And Isaac represents us, each and every one of us. Because God provided for him a substitutional ram as he did for us through our Lord Jesus. Isaac represents us as well in this story. The moment God provided a ram, Isaac becomes us in the story. Because God, instead of us, he sent his son. He sent his son to die for us. So looking at this story and to end the message this morning and for us to reflect, what can we learn from this story? And there are at least six lessons that we learn from this story for us in our journey with God. First of all, we learn to have faith no matter what. When we look at some giants of faith like Abraham, we can feel insignificant, maybe somewhere there down the line. But when we look at Abraham, he had faith. In verse 5, he said to the servants, we will come back to you. Although he was going to bring Isaac as a sacrifice, he addressed the servant and says, we, yeah, both of us, we will come back to you. He knew that somehow, some way, God will provide. God will help them. He had faith. Even in our lives, when things seem impossible, when we think we reach the end of the road, remember to have faith. 
Abraham, at the age of 75, he enrolled in the school of faith in the scripture. Now he was over 100 when this happened. And this story tells us you're never too old to enroll in the school of faith. You are never too old to face the challenges of life with faith, the new battles, whatever may come our way. Let's remember to have faith no matter what. And then from this story, we also learn to focus on God's promises, not on the challenges of life. Abraham knew that God promised him something. And no matter what else God asked from him, he knew God will keep his promise. Sometimes we are facing challenges, facing illness, facing bad news, losing, losing someone dear to us or losing a job. And we think those events are coming our, in our way of faith, in our way of walking with God. But let's remember, let's focus on God's promises. And there are so many great promises for us in the scripture. Unlike Abraham and Isaac, they could only think of what's to come. But we know what Jesus done for us. We know we can trust him. We know he promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He will always be with us. And if you think of Abraham, the most dear thing in his life, the dearest person in his life, God asked him to give that away. We can ask this morning, asking ourselves, ourselves, what is the thing that stays in a way of us following God more fully? What is that thing that God wants us to give him as a sacrifice, as a surrender? Let's reflect this morning and think, if Abraham was willing to give the dearest son, what is it for us that us may say, surrender that thing that keeps you away from me? Surrender and let it go and let me come in with my promises of a new life, of a new future for you. So that's the second lesson. Focus on God's promises for you. The third lesson we can think of is trust and obey our Father in heaven. At our prayer meeting on Monday, one word came from people gathered there about God's character. And that word was his faithfulness. God's faithfulness is above all our faith, if you like. You know, we failed in many ways, maybe. We're still stumbling in our ways with God. But God always stays faithful to you. And his faithfulness was shown to Abraham as well. We suffered, we see here, the journey for Isaac took three days. Who else suffered three days? Jesus was dead for three days, wasn't he? But he obeyed. Jesus obeyed his Father in heaven. Not my will, but your will. So let's think this morning, can we say the same for the things that holds us up, holds up in our life? Not my will, not what I desire but your will, God, in my life. Next, we can think of, do not be afraid. It often takes some tragedies to happen, airplanes to fall down, and uh, catastrophes and things to realize how fragile we are. 
on this earth, how fragile we are. You know, dangers at every place. It's God keeping us alive. So do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. We can imagine the fear in Isaac's heart. The fear for Abraham that he will maybe lose, he maybe will lose his son. But we learn from the story, do not be afraid. God is there with you. God will always be there with you. Next, we learn that we should expect tests from Almighty God in our lives. As we looked in um, Abraham, he was tested. His faith was tested. As a family, we celebrated 23 years of our marriage yesterday. But we will, thank you. Thank you. But we also reminded that our relationship was tested many, many times. You know, our faith in God was tested through various um, circumstances. And you look in your life and you will see God tested you at some point in your life. We know some of us here are going through challenges even now. You know, things that you can't change, things that you didn't ask to be in your life. Those are tests from God with a purpose to bring us closer to him, one step closer to him, one step closer to his character, to become like, like him. And also tests from people around us. You know, people know you go to church, people will challenge you, will test you. You know, is that what you learn at church? Is that, you know, you said a little lie, is that the right thing to do? How you feel in different things in your life and how you behave? Those are little tests to God wants to see how are you behaving in certain circumstances, at work, with your friends, with your colleagues. Not just Sunday at church where it's all nice and good. So let's think of that in our lives. When are we tested? Are we demonstrating that we really want to follow our God? Sometimes little tests in our lives makes the difference. And the last point for us this morning is to remember God will provide for us. Abraham knew God is not a child killer. Abraham knew that this was part of God's great plan. Abraham knew God is a loving God. And we see that in this story in Genesis. God will always provide. And you know when he will provide? At the, at the time of need. You see, Abraham was in the right place doing God's will. And God provided at the right time in the right place. Now, people sometimes are doing various things according to their minds, and they do this wrong, and they try a bit of this, and they try a bit of that, and they get themselves into troubles and problems. And then you think, well, why doesn't God provide me with? Let's learn this morning God will provide when we are in his will, in the right place, and God will provide at the right time for us. In the time of need, says in Hebrew chapter 4, 16, God will provide. And sometimes it looks like God forgot us. It looks like, forgot, like God takes so much time to provide for us. But we see in the story of Abraham, at the right time, at the right moment, where he took the knife, the angel of God came and says, no, 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 wait. This is not my plan. And God, remember, he is never late. At the right time, he will provide for you. 
He rescued Isaac at the right time. He rescued us. The Bible says at the right time, Jesus came on this earth. The Roman Empire, the traveling was easier. The news were traveling faster. At the right time in history, Jesus came for us. God is never late. And he will never be late in your life. So let's remember this morning. He resurrected our Lord Jesus, and that's our greatest hope. And we read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things, but not alone. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He will provide. And Abraham called that mountain Jehovah Ire, Jehovah Ire, which means God will provide. So I just want to bless you this morning and praying for you that you will receive these promises, that you will receive these lessons of life from this story, and that you will leave this place with a bit more faith, with a bit more appetite for loving and following our Lord Jesus and his Father through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name I prayed. Amen. Amen.